Good morning and welcome to Sharper Iron. Spend the next hour with us studying the living and active Word of God, His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. Sharper Iron is underwritten by the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. Today is Friday, April 22nd. It is day two of Sherathon, your opportunity to support the proclamation of Christ for you anytime, anywhere, here on Worldwide KFUO. Today's Sherathon episode of Sharper Iron gives us the opportunity to study the delightful Easter hymn. O sons and daughters of the King. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's Word today, we have with us regular guest, Pastor Dustin Beck. Pastor Beck serves at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Warda, Texas. Pastor Beck, welcome back to Sharper Iron. Hey, good morning, Pastor Apple. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you this morning? And I'm just living the dream. That's right. I see you're wearing your KFUO shirt, but you snazzed it up a little bit there with the, the suit coat on top of it. I like it. Uh, this is actually a tuxedo jacket. Wow. Yeah. I feel even more impressed. It's a special day. It is a special day. Sharathon. That's Sh- tomorrow for me. I, I meant Sharathon day. Sharathon day. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yes. Day two. Indeed. Yesterday, we looked at the Easter hymn from Martin Luther. Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands with Pastor Sean Kilgo. And I put a challenge out there that we didn't quite make that if we got to a certain level of giving, Pastor Kilgo would sing one of the stanzas in German. And now Sons and Daughters of the King is not written originally in German, but it is in Latin. And I've, I've got it here for you. And so I'm wondering if, if you'd be willing to sing a stanza in Latin if we get to a certain level of giving. I thought all we were doing today was singing to him. That's why I brought a guitar. Fantastic. Fantastic. We are currently at $61,286 for Sherathon. Thank you for your generous support. And we would love for you to continue to partner with us at KFUO by calling in your support this morning during Sharper Iron. The numbers that you can call are 314-821-0850 or worldwide toll-free 1-800-730-2727. You can also text the message KFUO to 41444. You'll get a text right back that'll give you instructions on how to give. When you do that, when you call in, please let us know what your favorite Easter hymn is. Yesterday, I did hear from another listener later in the day that one of the favorite Easter hymns is I Know That My Redeemer Lives. So let us know what your favorite Easter hymn is. Let's try to get to, let's say, the 70,000 mark. I don't know if Pastor Beck's going to sing for us in Latin, but certainly he'll sing something for us if we get to 70,000 this morning. So I'd love to hear Pastor Beck sing. We are singing, reading, studying, O Sons and Daughters of the King. I asked Pastor Kilgo yesterday why Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands is the best Easter hymn. So I'm going to ask you the same thing about this one, Pastor Beck. Why is O Sons and Daughters of the King the best Easter hymn? Oh, goodness. Well, there are so many good Easter hymns, right? Um, there are only a few Easter hymns that I really just don't enjoy singing. So I'll start by saying that. Um, I like this I like this hymn because it preaches a sermon, right? And, and many good hymns do preach a full sermon to you. But uh, so the singing and the hearing uh, and the, the believing of these words um, 
it actually does grant that blessing uh, that Jesus describes when he says, uh, you know, to Thomas, uh, have you believed because you have seen blessed are those who have not seen yet believed. Um, and that's exactly what this this hymn does is it takes us uh, from the empty tomb on Easter Sunday morning uh, to the events of Easter evening. And then even a week later, when uh, when Jesus shows up and makes a special appearance just for Thomas so that he might believe as well. Um, I mean, the hymn, it, it's just beautiful because it does remind us of these events. And it's uh, I mean, at least for me, it's something that is always kind of a standard, right? I mean, um, we, you know, you and I, you know, we both um, as pastors stepping into the pulpit every Sunday, you know, I mean, Easter, I mean, the texts, there are some variants between, you know, the three-year lectionary where we see, uh, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, the different gospel accounts, and they are slightly different, right? There's some variants. Uh, but second Sunday of Easter, Correct me if I'm wrong. Second Sunday of Easter, we're always uh, in the upper room, hiding behind locked doors. Jesus shows up, peace be with you. And then a week later, uh, Thomas, you know, uh, stretch out your hand and, and, and see uh, and believe. Right. And so this is just always I mean, you know, every every all 37 years of my life, you know, the second Sunday of Easter has been this text. And so I think it's the familiarity of it. Uh, that's really what makes it special for me. Yeah, this this is the hymn of the day for the second Sunday of Easter, because it does reiterate what is spoken in John chapter 20, which is the gospel reading for the second Sunday of Easter. And I, I believe you're right that that is the case one year and every year in the three-year lectionary, we hear from John 20, which includes both something that happens on the evening of Easter, yeah. as well as then one week later, what happens with Thomas. This hymn takes us through that. And so if you've sung this hymn, for 37 years, then you've got John 20 down. You know what's happened. And there is some proclamation as to what that means as well. I'm looking forward to talking about that with you because this is one I know in, in my own thinking about it, I think, okay, that's the Thomas account. But that first verse, the, the first stanza, there's some great theology as to what Easter is and what it does for us that sometimes it's easy to skip over. So I'm looking forward to looking at it with you this morning. Before we look at the text itself, in Lutheran service book, this is number 470 and 471. Mm -hmm. There are two tunes that are given. Which one do you sing, Pastor Beck? Uh, generally, we go with 470 because uh, as as you know, and as I often point out to you, uh, the congregation that I serve, Holy <laughs> Cross in Warda, um, uses the Lutheran hymnal. That's right. <clears throat> There's yes. only one named the Lutheran hymnal. Right. And, and you know, I love the Lutheran service book, and uh, I think it's a wonderful hymnal. Uh, but I also, uh, I jokingly tell people that it's just a passing fad, <laughs> and everybody will be back to the old faithful red um, in no time. Well, We'll see how that we'll turns out. That turns so out. yeah, 470 from LSB is the uh, the tune uh, that we're all familiar with from uh, the 1941 hymnal, um, and then 471 uh, is likely. I mean, it's it's the the closer to the original uh, tune that it would have been sung to mm. uh, in the context of it being uh, sung as a, um, either a choral Alleluia verse um, or you know a verse that would have been uh, introducing the gospel. For right. The day. Right. Yeah. If if I'm if I looked at it correctly. In Lutheran worship, the the blue hymnal that was around when you and I were growing up, right. that that one it's number one thirty in there. Mm -hmm. And from what I saw, the tune that's given in four seventy one on LSB is the tune that was in Lutheran worship. Yeah, and as you mentioned, four seventy that's the tune that was in TLH. It's TLH number two hundred eight. That's the one that we usually sing as well. Right. One of the the fun things about that tune four seventy is that after each stanza, you repeat. Alleluia, three times, yeah. which is not unusual in Easter hymns. 
what's the significance of, of the word Alleluia and why do we sing it so often? Even, gosh, nine verses times three, that's 27 Alleluias. That's almost not enough either. <laughs> Right. Uh, so I, I, I used to I used to joke with folks and say, you know, the reason we say Alleluia so much in Easter is because we didn't say it during Lent. Right. We saved them all up for Easter. And so we're going to we're going to just say it until we're blue in the face. Right. So Alleluia, uh, of course, is the um, it's a transliteration, not a translation uh, of the Hebrew uh, phrase, praise Yahweh or praise the Lord. Um, and you've got a handful of Psalms that this is, you know, a feature that is uh, that is prominently exhibited in them, uh, that they will have Hallelujah. Yah, which is the first part of Yahweh, God's name. Uh, and so hallelujah uh, is this special verb that means to give praise to. So you'll see it in your English Bibles uh, as praise the Lord, right? Because generally in the Old Testament, we tend to translate things, uh, whereas in the New Testament, when they actually have hallelujah written, Right, we just transliterate it over, and that uh, most prominently comes out uh, in Revelation, uh, specifically like Revelation 19, uh, where we have this just this all-out joyous occasion where uh, you've got the elders bowing down, you've got all of the heavens, you've got everything uh, just worshiping, and over and over and over again, uh, each verse of their song begins with this Alleluia, this Alleluia. So. Um, that's kind of uh, the background for this uh, this Alleluia. And I, I like the the threefold Alleluia. Also, uh, it's featured prominently in our liturgy. You know, yeah. um, I mean, if you're using uh, kind of the uh, well, the uh, Divine Service Setting Three, I think you call it in LSB. That's right? correct. Yes, page fifteen uh, in page yours. fifteen in the in the old hymnal, right? Uh, you have that triple Alleluia um, that introduces the gospel, uh, you know, and is accompanied by its verse. And that's, I believe, if I understood correctly when I was researching this, that this actually uh, this hymn was first used in the uh, in the setting as an Alleluia verse, right? So here's what we're about to say: we're about to uh, hear the gospel, uh, Saint John, uh, but we're going to begin with Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. And then you've got this nine or ten stanza, you know, hymn that's just going to unpack. Here's what you're about to hear, um, which, you know, any good speech writer will tell you that your introduction needs to be. You're going to tell the people what you're going to tell them. And then your speech is telling them. And then I guess in the context of a divine service, the sermon is going to be telling them what you just told them. Right. right. That's that's kind of where it all comes home to roost. Right. Right. What about the author of this hymn? What do we know about about? Yeah. I'm not going to try to say his name. Yeah, Jean Tisserand. There you go. That's how we'll say it. All right. As what long we... as you pronounce it confidently, they'll never know. Jean Tisserand. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. So he's a French guy, right? Um, he is a, um, a Franciscan uh, friar. Um, he lived in Paris, France, uh, and he died in 1497. This hymn was published a couple of years after that. Um, so he wrote it before 1497 because that was when he died. Right. Yes. Okay. I just making sure you're Thank staying you. with us. Yeah. Thank you. So um, you got to think about this. I mean, uh, right around the time when uh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, right, um, in the 1490-somethings. Two, I think. Two. That's, that seems to rhyme. Um, right around that time, you've got this uh, this monk um, that has uh, – he has put together uh, kind of an orphanage for young children. He's, um, he's really um, – He's caring for them at this point, but he's also leading the worship in this place. And so this is uh, one of the hymns that uh, that he composed, uh, you know, beautiful poetry as we get through it here. Um, and they've done a good job of bringing it into English. It, uh, it conveys uh, everything that's there. Um, based on my rudimentary Latin skills, I can look at it and make it work. Uh, but, yeah, so this is uh, this hymn has been around, uh, my goodness, for, for 500 years. You know, it stood the test of time um, and it's uh, – it's like, like I said before, this is beautiful because it's familiar to us. It's beautiful because it preaches a sermon and it tells the whole story. 
And did you say he he worked at an orphanage? Yeah, he actually that right? he found at an orphanage. I'm pull up my notes on that if that's helpful. Well, I just it, that's a striking contrast to what the hymn says, "O sons and daughters of right. the king." And not that, you know, I suppose we don't know that he was writing it for that group, but to okay, put it so, into that context. Yeah, we're told it's um, quite something. Yeah, and so this is from the uh, the Lutheran Service Books uh, companion to the hymns. Uh, shameless plug there for uh, for our friends at CPH. Um, it says that, uh, that Jean Tisserand uh, was a Franciscan friar. He was a popular uh, uh, par a Parisian preacher. He founded a home for wayward girls around 1492. Okay. And then I add in when Columbus sailed the ocean. Right, right. To help keep things straight. So uh, founded a home for wayward girls, right? Okay. So this is, I mean, he's got a lot of uh, kind of social ministry aspects to what he does. But yeah, um, and he also writes timeless hymns apparently. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and that that context of what he's doing, I think yeah. to hear him write, oh, sons and daughters of the king as the reality of Easter puts that, that's a very striking gospel proclamation. Yeah, yeah, very much so. That, that certainly still hits us today. It's that gospel proclamation that we are privileged to share here at KFUO. And we'd love to have you partner with us for share 2022. Pastor Beck's wearing that nice shirt. You also got a, a mechanical pencil too, didn't you, Pastor Beck? You were telling me a little bit about that. Yeah, I love the mechanical pencil. Do you? It looks just like a regular pencil, so but don't, you don't put it in a sharpener. No, you don't. You click the eraser on it and then pencil comes out. That's clever. Graphite. I love it. I yeah, love it. So we would love to send you one as well. Those, awesome. who, those who contribute 120 or more for a year, and that's just $10 a month, we would be happy to send you one of these KFUO mechanical pencils. To do that, to pledge your gift, you can call 1-800-730-2727. Please, when you do, let us know your favorite Easter hymn so that we can mm -hmm. mention it here on air during Sharper Iron, share 2022. We need to take a short break, but we'll be right back. Please stick around. This program is produced by listener-supported KFUO Radio. Your support during KFUO share is vital to the continuation of great programs like this one. If you appreciate this program, please consider what you can give to support the ongoing ministry of KFUO Radio and this program. You can make a gift sending a text to the number 41444. Enter KFUO as the message. You'll get a text right back that walks you through the steps on your phone and it takes just a minute or two. You can also visit KFUO.org and click on the Donate button or give Mary a call at 314-996-1518. Thanks for listening and supporting KFUO Radio. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It's April 22nd, day two of share -thon. We're here with Pastor Dustin Beck looking at the hymn, O Sons and Daughters of the King. Pastor Beck, we have laid the background information. Let's take a look at stanza one. Sounds good. O sons and daughters of the King, whom heavenly host in glory sing. Today the grave has lost its sting. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. What's being said here, Pastor Beck? Yeah, so this is, uh, this is an invitation uh, for all Christians everywhere to rejoice, right? Um, I mean, we've 
we've had the the long uh, sort of sad season of Lent, the re, the repented repentant uh, um, contemplative season of restrained joy, uh, but now we're here. Uh, Easter has come. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Um, and so now, uh, by nature of our baptism into Christ, we are the children of God, right? We're sons and daughters of the King. Um, and then uh, they're talking about the King here in the second line, whom heavenly hosts in glory sing. And I think again, this kind of this reflects and this brings our, our attention back to like Revelation 19, where you have all of the heavenly host um, who are glorifying God, who are singing praises to him. Alleluia, alleluia. Um, and then there's that, that beautiful uh, third line of the first uh, verse. Today, the grave has lost its sting. Right. Uh, and that references, um, of course, uh, we all remember this uh, right from First Corinthians 15. Uh, right. When Paul is talking about the fact that. Uh, the grave, uh, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? Because the sting of sin, of death, is sin, uh, and the power of sin is the law. But Jesus has come, and he has fulfilled the law, and now he has even overturned, he has overthrown death. So, uh, what can sin do to us anymore? So, might as well sing Alleluia as much. That's right. Yeah. And we certainly will in this hymn. Indeed. I love, uh, you know, oh sons and daughters of the king is a significant yeah. thing for us to, to say. In the hymn we looked at yesterday, in Luther's Easter hymn, he talks about how, how Jesus takes the crown from death's pale brow. Mm, yeah. and, and you know, here, that, that image maybe isn't pre precisely what the Jean Tisserand is bringing out, but to be a son and daughter of the true king yeah. rather than under some other kingdom is, I mean, this is what Easter accomplishes for us. Right. The, the head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, to realize this, to recognize this, that this is Jesus ruling and reigning, uh, to see that uh, that his uh, steps out of the tomb on Easter Sunday, um, they mean victory and they mean that, you know, his throne is established. It means that, you know, um, and in Matthew 28, when he's going to say, you know, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, that that's exactly what he means. He's the uh, he's the one again to to. Um, to mirror the language of revelation, he is the one who is worthy, you know, to take that scroll, the book of life and to break open its seals and to read your name and mine. Right. I mean, that, that beautiful imagery here of Jesus as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Right. I mean, that is just, um, that is part and parcel. That is central to the theme of Easter um, is that Jesus is the King, right. That, that he is crowned with glory, that he is the one who has, um, overcome every enemy, even that last enemy death. Um, and so that's that really the first verse. And it just kind of serves as a, a general introduction to the, to the theme, right. To the, um, the hymn for the day. Cause now we're going to say, you know, Hey, everybody come, we're going to gather together because this day, uh, is the day when, when death doesn't, you know, can't hold anything over us anymore. We don't have anything to fear. So how do you want to divide this up? Because, I mean, it's each each stanza builds yeah. on the next. Oh, sure. Let's take the next two because that gives us Easter yeah, morning. We, we can do two, to, two and three. That's okay. Good. Two and three of 470. That Easter morn at break of day, the faithful women went their way to seek the tomb where Jesus lay. Alleluia. An angel clad in white they see who sits and speaks unto the three. Your Lord will go to Galilee. Hallelujah. So this is Easter morning. Right. Right. Um, and one of the things that I really appreciate about this hymn is that, you know, we always think of this as the this is the Doubting Thomas hymn. Right. Which, you know, Doubting Thomas is probably not the most fair thing to say. I, I like to think that Jesus uh, that Thomas does a good job of setting Jesus up to say something profound. 
Okay, there right? you go. Uh, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. You know the way. And Thomas goes, Lord, we don't know the way. And Jesus is like, I'm the way, the truth, right. the life, right? The three times that Thomas speaks, right? Uh, <laughs> it seems like he's the guy that's going to set Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that he didn't, you know, have right. uh, doubts that he wasn't unbelieving, right? Because Jesus says that. Uh, but I think we give Thomas a bad rap because we're also unbelieving uh, what for the power of the Holy Spirit, right? So I like this hymn because it doesn't just give us at John 20, you know, the latter half of John 20, but it also gives us, you know, insights into the other gospels. Because uh, if you just have John 20, Mary Magdalene is the only one that shows up to the tomb, except for, you know, Peter and John, and they're not the women that are being referred to here. Um, so this is actually borrowing from the other three gospels. We have in uh, St. Matthew, uh, we are told uh, Mary Magdalene and another Mary. Um, so we got two right there. We got to get to three. We'll get there in a minute, right? Uh, they're met by an angel uh, who says he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Look, I've told you, right? Um, he says a few other things too, but for the sake of time, we gotta we gotta keep moving because we got three other gospels to talk about, right? right. So uh, Saint Mark uh, names Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James. We find out about that other Mary from Matthew, um, and then Salome, right? Uh, so there, there's. There's three, right? Uh, they are also met uh, by a young man, we are told, uh, dressed in white. He says, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. He was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Look at the place where they have laid him. So go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. So we have that, that same carryover. You'll look for him in Galilee, right? Um, which will come to pass. I mean, that's, that's where Matthew 28, that's where Mark 16 ends, um, is that they are together with Jesus in Galilee, uh, even as he ascends. So go ahead. Go, sure. Well, I was just going to I was going to keep us moving. But before I don't want to I don't want to skip over something too quickly. Right. Right. No. So uh, Luke also uh, he names uh, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and then other women as well. So it seems like we're borrowing just, a, you know, the three specifically from Mark, um, from Matthew and Mark. He's going before you in Galilee. Um, and then, yeah, while he was still in Galilee, as mentioned in Luke, um, that he must be delivered in the hands of sinful men. So we, what I'm trying to say is basically just that. Um, in these two stanzas and these two verses, we have uh, kind of a, a mashup of the three synoptic gospels to make us aware that the women went to the tomb early. They're greeted with angels. Uh, the angel says uh, that they uh, will see him in Galilee. So we have that that reference, that callback to Easter Sunday. Right. Yeah. And and in in the Latin that you do get the mention of Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, the way that TLH translate this. I, I love this. It, it says the Marys went the Lord to seek because <laughs> <Right. laughs> there's so many named yeah, Mary. Mary. That's there's right. Something about Mary. So, so the, the faithful women go to the tomb. They hear the good news of the angels. Now that's where the hymn then transitions to pretty much from here on out. We're going to be in John 20 yeah. and, and we're going to go to Easter evening here in stanza four. That night, the apostles met in fear. Among them came their master dear and said, my peace be with you here. Alleluia. And then we're going to fast forward a week. Well, I don't, I don't. I guess we don't know precisely when they told Thomas. So I'll go ahead with stanza five, too. Yeah. When Thomas first the tidings heard that they had seen the risen Lord, he doubted the disciples' word. Alleluia. So we've got Easter evening and then the telling of Easter evening to Thomas in these two stanzas. Right. Um, and so verse four um, paints a beautiful contrast, right? Um, I mean, that's the, that's one of the themes that you can sort of draw out from the latter half of John 20 um, is the disciples hiding in fear, 
you know, behind locked doors because, um, you know, if Jesus is not in the tomb, then, uh, you know, the Jewish leaders are going to assume that the disciples came and stole the body and everything else. So who do you think they're going to be looking for? Well, they're going to be looking for the disciples. Where are those guys at? So they're hiding in an upper room behind a locked door. Jesus shows up anyway, um, and he meets their fear uh, with the words, peace be with you. Right. Um, and he sends them even as the father sent me. So I send you whosoever sends you forgive. Right. Um, so we have uh, this uh, this blessing of Jesus showing up, uh, of Jesus making a special appearance for the sake of his disciples. Um, but then verse five is it's just I love this. So verse five is not a happy verse. No. Right. It's kind of odd singing hallelujah after that. verse. Exactly. And I think the reason that we sing Alleluia, even after we say he doubted the disciples' word, right? Alleluia, because we know the rest of the story. Like I said, we've heard – I mean, how many times, dear listeners, have you guys sung this hymn on the first Sunday after Easter, right? This is – you know, we know what happens. As soon as Thomas shows up and he says, unless I you know, uh, jab my finger through the hole in his hands, unless I thrust my hand into the spear hole in his side, I will by no means believe. You know, all of us Christians hear that and we're like, oh, he'll believe. <laughs> he'll believe that's that's what comes next that's the very next the very next words right um and so our alleluias are not going to be silenced by the doubt by the unbelief of thomas we're just going to push right through uh, one other thing i got to mention here um, is the second line of verse five so when thomas first the tidings heard that they had seen the risen lord this seen the risen lord um that's the those are the words that mary magdalene in John 20, you know, you remember, I, I love this, uh, this visual uh, is that when Mary uh, sees Jesus, when uh, when he says uh, Mary and she recognizes him, she turns around. And can you imagine how fast she ran? You know, in John 20, we talk about how Peter ran and then the other disciple outran him and everything like that. Yeah, that's there's a there's some funny jokes about right. that. <laughs> but I can only imagine how quick Mary Magdalene runs because of what she has just seen. And that breathless, that that, you know, nearly about to keel over kind of, I have seen the Lord. And then that's the exact same proclamation uh, that the apostles are going to make to Thomas whenever he shows up and they're like, we have seen the Lord. Right. And that is the same proclamation that's going to carry over into the early church in the book of Acts. Um, as you have these uh, these apostles being sent out to the very ends of the earth uh, to tell people we've seen Jesus. He's risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's mm. the same proclamation the church shares today. The proclamation here on KFUO. Pastor Beck, as we continue here on share with opportunities to support KFUO, tell me a little bit about why KFUO is important to you as an individual, as a pastor of a congregation, maybe even as a, as a father and a husband. You know, I mean, it, it's so amazing uh, that something like this exists uh, and that something like this has existed as long as it has, right? I mean, this is um, one of the oldest uh, Christian radio stations that's out there. And the fact that you have programming, you know, all day, the fact that you've got programming, you know, every day that you've got uh, this, this blessed music, the fact that you've got uh, experts and professors and, you know, pastors and uh you know you've got folks that are able to talk about things you know I, i've i've had a, several opportunities not just to be on your show but also to be on like the uh the coffee hour you know and things like that and what a cool thing that you have lutherans that can sit together and we have this own you know our own kind of um ecosystem of uh, of media uh where we can exist and we can just kind of say hey here's what it means to be lutheran and i realize that not all of our listeners are lutheran and, and I, I thank god 
uh, for the fact that you guys, uh, you know, have stumbled across this on your radio dial or on, on over the internet. Um, it's just such a blessed thing because uh, you and I, Pastor Apple, we are both, I think, through and through company men as far as uh, the being Lutheran thing. We're even wearing the KFUO shirt. Well, not just KFUO, but I mean, like <laughs> right. this Lutheran thing matters That's because right. we believe that this is uh, the truth of the scriptures. We believe that this is the gospel. Right. Um, and so to be able to have um, a conduit uh, to get that out to the world. Right. Um, KFUO is a worldwide listened, um, you know, broadcast. Uh, what a blessing uh, to be able to have something like this in media um, where we can direct people, where if somebody ever says, hey, you know, pastor, I just I don't know about, you know, this Christian radio station or I don't know about that. You know, we can point them in this direction. And we can say, hey, you know, pull this up on your smartphone, pull this up, you know, on your computer at the office. Um, here is a great resource for you. And there's they're always going to steer you right. It's just a blessing. Yeah, it really is. And, and God be praised for this gospel that he has given to us that we are privileged to share here oh, on KFUO. We'd love to have you partner with us. Give us a call this morning, 1-800-730-2727 to pledge your support to KFUO. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back. Please stick around. Did you know that Lutherans are helping new American immigrants get settled? How about struggling church workers in need of support and refreshment? And we assist at-risk children and provide disaster response to hurricane victims. Through LCMS recognized service organizations, we are doing all this and more. I'm Rahema Kavuga of Lutheran Church Extension Fund, and I don't want you to miss out on hearing what your brothers and sisters in Christ are up to. Visit interesttime.org to see how your support gives life to these works of mercy and love. Sharper Iron. It's Friday, April 22nd. We're looking at O oh, Sons and Daughters of the King with Pastor Dustin Beck. Our, our running total here is up to 63,206, Pastor Beck. So we're getting closer to having you sing, maybe in Latin. I have sung in Latin twice now. Wow. I will warm up my vocal cords. Okay. You know, during that during that interlude right there, I was I was going to write down everybody's you know first names so that I could thank them personally uh, for participating in this shareathon, but there were just so many that I, right. I I fell behind. Uh, but thank you all so much for your support. Uh, what a blessing it is uh, to have this radio station to be able to be a part of. Uh, the ongoing ministry and mission here at KFUO. Yeah, God be praised for the generosity of his people. Again, if you'd like to call in and pledge your support during Sharper Iron and hear Pastor Beck sing, hopefully in Latin, call 1-800-730-2727 and also tell us your favorite Easter hymn. I tell you what, we better uh, not leave Thomas in his doubt, right? That's right. That's right. Before we do, just can I briefly talk about that word peace? I'll allow it. Okay, because that John 20 text, yeah. and I don't know if, you, if you're preaching on it this weekend, maybe you've looked at it, but it's just striking how every time Jesus shows up after his resurrection, it seems like peace is what he wants to give his disciples. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And that's, uh, you know, Paul calls it the peace that passes understanding, right? Um, and I think that that's, that's part of what we try to grapple with is the peace that Jesus offers. 
um, because we don't experience that here in this uh, in this world in this life, uh, because we still experience sin. We still experience all of the um, the effects of sin. Uh, but the peace that Jesus comes to give is forgiveness from sin. It's that sin has been atoned, and so it's getting used to that kind of forgiveness and, and learning it uh, as we as we live out this uh, this life uh, here. But yeah, when Jesus comes to to bring peace and then to send his disciples out to apostle them and uh, to make them uh, messengers of peace as well. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing uh, because that's really, that's what we need. That's what we all crave. You know, it's, it's no wonder that's, you know, kind of the go-to answer for beauty queens, you know, and everything <laughs> else is, you know, world peace. Well, why, why, why do we need world peace, right? Not just because we want wars to be over, but because there's strife and there's, there's discord and there's, um, there's a brokenness to this place and peace. Um, it's much more than just an end to war. It's an end to all violence. It's an end to all hatred, uh, to all strife. And it's the bringing about of the very good from creation, mm. uh, which Jesus is doing in his resurrection yeah. and will bring it to completion on his return. So. Right, right. And it starts with that peace with God yeah. that he gives and he alone can give through what he's done in his death and now his resurrection. Oh, he's yeah. going to show up now to Thomas to give him that peace, which comes by seeing those scars that he bears in his body. So we yeah. pick up the, the hymn again. We're going to take Thomas out of his doubt. Jesus is yes. going to take Thomas out of his doubt. Well, let's take stanzas six and seven now. My pierced side, O Thomas, see, and look upon my hands, my feet, not faithless, but believing be. Alleluia. No longer Thomas then denied. He saw the feet, the hands, the side. You are my Lord and God, he cried. Alleluia. Thomas has been taken out of his doubt by seeing the risen Lord. Go ahead, Pastor Beck. Yeah, so verse 6 is uh, very obviously, uh, this is the changing point. This is the turning point uh, in the entire hymn, right, is all of a sudden uh, you go from this uh, this lowest of the low, right? I mean, Thomas is the, the guy who missed it. He's the guy who... You know, he's been sitting now for a week in his, you know, his stubbornness. Uh, no, I'm not going to believe. No, there's there's no way. You guys are putting me on, you know, how long are y'all going to keep this charade up and everything like that? Um, but then the text of verse 6, um, we don't even have, you know, this uh, this introduction like we had in verse 4. That night the apostles met in fear, right? Or verse 5, when Thomas first the tidings heard. Now it's just, um, it's abrupt. It's, it's like, you know, turning on the lights. All of a sudden we are in the room. Jesus is there. Thomas is there. And all that we, you know, it's Jesus speaking, right? There's no introduction to it. My pierced side of Thomas C. Uh, look upon my hands, my feet. Um, and what is the desired outcome of Thomas looking upon his hands and his feet, right? Um, that he would not be faithless, but instead that he would be believing. Right. Um, and then that's exactly what happens. So I, I love the invitation that Jesus gives here to Thomas. Uh, and this obviously this is also something that uh, that we, we uh, tend to preach on quite a bit. Uh, right. And, and then the, in the conclusion of the hymn, we'll get kind of the other shoe that drops. Right. But uh, the point of, of Thomas is that Jesus makes this special trip for him. Right. Uh, that Jesus, it's not enough uh, to uh, to show up, to appear so that the, the 10 uh, could see Jesus and say, we have seen the Lord. Uh, but now also for Thomas, so that Thomas, too, can believe and can be apostled, can be sent out, um, you know, to the uh, to the ends of the earth to bring the gospel. Uh, that's why Jesus shows up just for Thomas is because he is, you know, one of the disciples. He is one of the inner circle here. And so uh, Jesus is going to make this special trip just for him uh, so that he can. Uh, proclaim those words of faith. Uh, you are my Lord and God. Um, just 
you know, one of the most beautiful, I think, uh, uh, transitions in the entire gospel, uh, in the entire Bible, uh, is from Thomas's obstinate, I will by no means believe to you are my Lord and God. Maybe we should call him believing Thomas. I love it. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic confession of faith. My yeah. Lord and my God, what a very simple and yet so full of, of good news as to who Jesus is. He actually is my Lord and my God. And, and certainly a significant text when we think about, you know, who is Jesus? Is he really God? Did he really claim to be God? He didn't tell Thomas, no, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah you know? didn't correct him. Why do you call me good? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no he, there was none of that. That's right. It's right. I mean, and, and, and how, how true is it because Jesus is the risen one that he he sees now my Lord and my God. He confesses it truly. Talk a little bit more about the the aspect of seeing, especially in light of what will come. You know, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas got to see. So did the ten. And as you yeah. pointed out, even even Mary, that's what she says. I've seen the risen Lord. Why is it important that they got to see and to touch? Well, this is a major theme in John's gospel. Right. Um, in John's gospel, seeing is believing. Right. John is John's going to talk that way, um, you know, and he's going to talk to uh, when Jesus is uh, is talking, you know, against the, the Pharisees, et cetera. You know, um, especially after he has given sight to a man born blind. Right. Uh, he'll say, you know, uh, your problem is that you think that you see, but really you're blind. Right. Um, in uh, in John chapter 20, uh, right, when the disciples, uh, they run, you know, to the empty tomb and everything like that. Uh, we have that, that really strange word that the disciple whom Jesus loved, the other disciple, John, you know, the, the gospel writer, that he looks in and he he sees and he believes. But then he and Peter both go home. Right. Okay. You know, they it's like they. He believes that something has happened, but he doesn't exactly know what to make of it, right? And maybe this is, you know, John 60 years later, you know, kind of right. adding back in. That's when I started to get it. That's when it started to make sense, right? Um, it fully made sense when he saw the Lord. Um, but I think uh, that's maybe a theme that there's so many themes that string together in John. It's just such a masterfully written by the Holy Ghost uh, kind of book, right? Uh, but this idea that, you know, we have seen his glory, you know, glory is of the only Father, right? From from heaven, right? This idea that uh, when you when people see Jesus, um, they are seeing him with the eyes of faith, right? So I think that that you can run through uh, John's Gospel and you can pay attention to that particular theme, and I think that it um, it is absolutely uh, um, uh, Tisserand really does lean into the theme here. Um, whenever Jesus tells him, "Look." You know, my pierced side, oh, yeah. Thomas, see, right? Um, and then, you know, the seeing for Thomas here in 6 and 7, it is believing. Mm -hmm. He has yeah. seen, and now he believes. Mm -hmm. Well, and yeah, so he, he sees something, and he sees it with faith. So yeah. it's, it's more than physical sight. Oh, definitely. But it's not less than physical sight right. either, which is, I mean, you know, and John makes this point, especially in his first epistle, yeah. that, you know, we are witnesses to the things that we've seen and heard and touched. And I, I think that, we should not underestimate that for us because it, it gives us certainty right. that, yeah, these things that we believe are real. They saw them. And though, even though we don't, and I know I'm kind of bleeding into verse eight now, no, you're fine. but I, like, even though we don't, we know they're true. Yeah. I, I, I never, I, I don't mean to discount believing. Right. Right. Um, but simply to say that in John's gospel, very often mm -hmm. seeing is shorthand is maybe a better way of putting it. It's right. shorthand for seeing with the eyes of faith, right? Which is a beautiful yeah. expression, right? Yeah. Uh, to look at Jesus 
and to see him for who he truly is, my Lord and my God, to look at him and to, uh, to have that joy of, of the king who comes to uh, call us his sons and daughters, that we get to be a part of his kingdom. I mean, yeah, that's, that's part of the joy that's tucked away in this hymn yeah. uh, is the fact that um, we do see uh, in this very visual hymn, right? This visual hymn that paints kind of the picture of Easter Sunday and then Easter Sunday evening and then uh, fast forward a week very abruptly, right? Um, we have this visual aspect that says, here's what it looks like. When Jesus shows up and you and you get to as as a disciple, you see him and you see him with those eyes of faith that say, My Lord and my God. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Christ mm. is risen. Yes. And that again is the message we are proclaiming here on KFUO. During Shareathon, you have the opportunity to partner with us. Please do so by giving a call this morning, one 800 730 2727 Still trying to get up to seventy thousand so we can hear Pastor Beck sing <clears throat> maybe in Latin. He's he's preparing his voice Share-a-thon. right now. Stick around during this break. You're listening to Shareathon 2020 here on KFUL. This program is produced by listener supported KFUO Radio. Your support during KFUO Shareathon is vital to the continuation of great programs like this one. If you appreciate this program, please consider what you can give to support the ongoing ministry of KFUO Radio and this program. You can make a gift sending a text to the number 41444. Enter KFUO as the message. You'll get a text right back that walks you through the steps on your phone and it takes just a minute or two. You can also visit KFUO.org and click on the donate button or give Mary a call at 314-996-1518. Thanks for listening and supporting KFUO Radio. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Welcome back. We have two more stanzas to look at. Pastor Beck here on Sharper Iron, 470, O Sons and Daughters of the King, stanzas 8 and 9. How blessed are they who have not seen and yet whose faith has constant been, for they eternal life shall win. Alleluia. On this most holy day of days, be laud and jubilee and praise to God your hearts and voices raise. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Those are the last two stanzas. Yes. Yeah, this is, these are, these are great. And I mean, these are the ones that kind of, they bring everything uh, that we've heard now uh, in terms of the Thomas account, um, just like Jesus does, you know, um, or rather John does uh, at the end of the, uh, the Thomas account in uh, John 20. Um, it brings it out of the specific, uh, it brings it out of, here's what happened that night, and then it makes it for you and for me in the year 2022. All right. Uh, which I think is just is wonderful because um, this is one of the times uh, when in John's gospel, when uh, John kind of what, what do they call that um, uh, when when you break the fourth wall? Right. Do you know this expression? You look confused. I'm looking confused, I'm sure. Yeah. So breaking the fourth wall is like when, you know, in a movie, when characters are talking and then all of a sudden they're talking to you, the audience. Ah, yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. So breaking the fourth wall, that's what happens here because we have this um, this response that um, Jesus has no longer, you know, he says, um, excuse me, uh, how blessed are they who have not seen and yet whose faith is constant been. Right. So Jesus uh, says uh, to um to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now we need to pay attention here because Jesus is not discounting or dismi- uh, dismissing or di- uh, diminishing even Thomas's faith. He's not saying, you know, you should have believed when you heard the disciples' word. He's not doing that. But I think what he's doing is he's working from the general to the uh, from the specific to the general, right? So 
Thomas here is the specific. He has indeed seen and believed with those eyes of faith, right? Uh, but the vast majority of Christians, uh, right, are not in that upper room hiding behind locked doors, That's right. right? And so you and myself, uh, all of the Christians who are now listening, right? Uh, we have faith apart from physically seeing Jesus's resurrected body. Um, and so uh, for us, you know, there, there is that special blessing that, is, uh, that we have uh, the kind of faith that, um, as, as Paul says, right? The faith that uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah. Right. In second Corinthians. Uh, so uh, this second uh, Corinthians five, seven, if anybody's uh, uh, following along. But um, that idea that that we get to be a part of this this uh, text because we are the ones who did not see. Mm. But we have heard these words and we now believe on account of them. Uh, and I mean, that's exactly where John goes to end out the chapter. Yeah. Uh, you know, John 20 is such an interesting thing because it sure sounds like he's ending the book right here, doesn't it? We could talk yeah. about that for another hour, right? But he says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples. They're not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the God, a son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So this is for you. This is uh, for you, dear listener, for you, dear reader, uh, that you would be able to have the faith of Thomas, even without the sight of Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a marvelous thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I, you know, I don't know that Tisserand had that in mind, but you know, the eternal life they win yeah. certainly connects to what John writes in verses 30 and 31 of that Absolutely. chapter. And, yeah. and what a, what a fantastic promise that that is what scripture is, even though it's not everything that Jesus absolutely ever said and did, it is given so that we might believe without that same side of Thomas and yet have that same eternal life that Thomas and the 10 had. Yeah. And, and I think that leads right into the joy that this hymn concludes with in stanza nine. Right. On this most holy day of days, be laud in jubilee and praise. Uh, I, I love the fact that uh, we talked before about the threefold alleluia and the uh, just the heaping of praise upon praise upon praise. And you've got that same thing here in verse nine that, again, is reflective of Revelation 19, the great hymn of praise uh, in uh, in heaven uh, with the uh, elders bowing down and uh, the angels and everybody else. Uh, just to remind us one last time uh, that we have this this same praise with which we began, right? The hymn began, O sons and daughters of the king, uh, whom heavenly hosts, all the angels in glory, they're singing of the same king that we are, right? This grave has lost its sting today, uh, but now uh, here we are on this same holy day of days, even a week later, right? Because we always sing this on the second Sunday right. of Easter, right? Even on this holy day of days, uh, it, uh, there's another hymn, uh, Alleluia, Christ is Risen, I think, that says, um, Alle, you know, um, Easter forever, yeah. right? Hallelujah. Easter forever. That, that, that joyous news that for the Christian, every day is Easter, right? Uh, for the Christian, even the day uh, when you lose a loved one, even the day, uh, you know, when you, when you suffer, even the day uh, when you have doubts, um, it's still Easter today because Christ is risen, not he was risen 2022 years or however, you know, a couple of decades, you know, a while back. Right. He is risen and he always will be risen. That's right. And so that's hope and that's joy that we can take with us. So again, alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. That's right. Christ yeah. is risen. And and that, you know, this most holy day of days and what you're saying there, but it's, it's always Easter. We're in that eternal day yeah. now because yeah. of Christ. It, that's what I'm reminded of the words in the, the proper preface where it's not every season, but it'll say on this day, right. you know, and like, well, 
well, is it? It's not Easter today, Pastor. It, yet it is Sunday, right. and and it is this day. Today is the day of salvation. We are that eternal day because of what Jesus has done in His resurrection, and so that that joy does overflow in this hymn and in our lives as Christians. I don't know that we made the seventy thousand, Pastor Beck, but do you want to hum a few bars for us? <laughs> Maybe, um, maybe if you if you want, can you sing any of four seventy one for us? Since that one's a little bit less well known. Me on the spot here. I know, I know, but but you you sing in the choir with me, and, and you're a tenor. Are you gonna sing with me? Sure. Okay. You, All right. Who's gonna start? You start it. I'll follow along. <laughs> you got to start though. Oh, sons and daughters of the King, whom heavenly hosts in glory sing, today the grave has lost its sting. Alleluia. You keyed it a little low for me. Well, you know, I, I took. You I could have started. You're a tenor, and I, I'm not. So that's true. <laughs> that's it's right. A beautiful hymn. Though, it folks. really is. is it really is. Whichever tune you get to sing on Sunday, I pray that you do get to sing this Easter hymn. I'm told that the phones are super busy, and I'm sure that our wonderful listeners are bringing us up mm. to seventy thousand as we speak. So, thank you for your support, Pastor Beck. Final thoughts on this hymn on the season of Easter. Give us, you know, a minute of that Easter joy as we close this morning. Right. Well, like I said at the opening, I just love a hymn that preaches a sermon. Yeah, that's that's really where I come from with this one is anytime that you have that hymn where, you know, we do not want to cut out a verse or two for the sake of, well, you know, it's nine verses long, right? No, we got to sing the whole thing. That's right. Because this one preaches a sermon uh, and we can't cut out the middle point of your sermon. You can't cut out the conclusion to the sermon. Um, and the beautiful thing here is that that resounding alleluia through the whole thing, because as we, you know, we see Thomas and we're like, oh, Thomas, he, you know, oh, you know, he's going to doubt. All right. But we know uh, that even though he's doubting, we know what's coming next. And so we still sing Alleluia. We're like the chorus that's back behind, uh, you know, this, the, all of these events as they unfold, just singing our Alleluia's. Yeah, they're a little quieter when Thomas is saying, there's no way I'm going to believe this. But then we respond back with those, those words of praise, those words of faith that say, no, Christ is risen. Alleluia. Uh, and then we finally get to the, the, the shoe drops. Jesus says, hey, look, believe. And he does. Um, and we believe. Uh, and so we just shout hallelujah without end. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Pastor Dustin Beck is pastor at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Warda, Texas, also mission planner at Epiphany Lutheran <laughs> Church in Bastrop, <laughs> Texas, helping us today study the Easter hymn, O Sons and Daughters of the King. Pastor Beck, thanks for being our guest today. Yes, sir. My pleasure. I'm your host here on Sharp Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. Thank you for your support of KFUO here during share 2022. It is a pleasure to partner with you to proclaim Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Talk to you again next week. share -a -thon.